I am Jürgen Klinsmann, and you're listening to the Painting Pictures Podcast. Go USA! Folks, welcome. Welcome to Painting Pictures. Are you watching the World Cup? Because it is happening right now, and it only happens once every four years. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. All kinds of people from all over the world. It's taking place in Brazil. You probably know about that. If you listen to this podcast, my guess is you know about the World Cup. You know that it's happening. And boy, is it fun. Um, USA is playing better than I think they've ever played in the World Cup, except apparently in like 1950 when they had it in South America, none of the European teams traveled. That was the best year for the World Cup for the USA. But outside of that, they're having a banner year. They might, they most likely will, they will advance to the next phase of their, of the, the tournament. So I'm excited about that, and Jürgen Klinsmann is the coach of the U.S. soccer team, and he's a German, and he's, I think he's dynamite. I think he's the mastermind behind it all. Uh, so go USA! Germany, USA, playing Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this in the future and the USA already won the World Cup. Holy shmoly. Well, I'm here in Paonia still. Um, I don't know what you've heard about Paonia. I know I've, I've talked about it as this amazing place and that there's um, a lot of young people here and a lot of organic food and farming happening and like sort of a magical energetic where you just run into everybody that you're supposed to run into and you can play soccer, you can go to a brewery and drink beer, you can go wine tasting. Um, well, forget all of that. It's not true. Peony is a shithole. You don't want to come here. Nobody should come here. Um, I would recommend Denver if you're going to go to Colorado. I think that's a great town. It's a great city. Boulder's really cool too. Um, but don't even bother checking out Paonia. Don't even bother cruising through. It's not worth your time, honestly. It's a long drive. And it's just such a depressing little town. So anyway, I just want to get that out there and set the record straight. I don't. I was under a, something of a delusion um, before I can't wait to get out of here. I, um, I still have like three weeks here, which is just terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just like this is garden that I've been watering. I guess I'll water this garden, eat a bunch of lettuce. Um, I've been painting, I guess I'll just paint 
I don't know. I build thing. I'm, there's a wood shop where I'm building things. I guess I'll just like build boxes and stuff. Pretty boring. <laughs> pretty shitty. Um, playing soccer. I, you know, who likes who likes soccer, right? Ultimate frisbee. Who likes ultimate frisbee, right? Nobody. Puppies. There's puppies running all over the place. I hate puppies. They bring me down. So yeah, I'm in for a depressing few weeks. Um, just. You know, thank your lucky stars you didn't get suckered into some artist residency and end up in Paonia, Colorado. Well, there's really nothing. I, I could tell you, oh gosh, you know I could tell you stories. Um, I'll, Let me tell you one story about today. Why not? Um, so I, I got up, I got up pretty late. Um, my alarm went off at 8 o'clock and... I have it on my phone, which is on my desk, which is below the bed. So I'm sleeping in a lofted bed, which is interesting. It's like you really have to make a commitment that you're going to sleep when you climb up the ladder and get into bed. And there is like a little shelf so you can bring a book to read and a bottle of water, but you really want to make sure you've gotten your peeing taken care of. I haven't adopted the uh, ball jar, pee jar maneuver that just... I haven't gone there and I haven't needed to because as I said before, my bladder is pretty big. Hasn't been an issue. Anyway, I thought that surely if I, if I put my phone down on the desk and the alarm goes off at eight o'clock, it'll force me to get out of bed and climb down the ladder, which is a pretty dicey maneuver. Really? That's the other thing. You have to be ready to get up when you decide to get up when you're sleeping in a lofted bed. You can't just roll out of bed because you could die. You could you could fall and break your neck and die. You got to be conscious. You got to grip the hand grips, you know, slide your foot down. Um, anyway, I thought that surely the alarm clock on the desk was a foolproof way to get my buns out of the bed in the morning and to start the day with the painting. But not so, not so. First of all, my alarm is really not that obnoxious. It goes do 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 do. It's like a little polka. It's not polka. It's like a little song. That's exactly what it is. It's a little song. Not that obnoxious. So um, I let it go, and it really it only goes for like I don't know do 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 maybe like five to seven of those little do 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 doots if we're talking this alarm clock like going on and on for two minutes you know then you're not going back to sleep you're getting up to turn off that fucking alarm clock right but it going for just um five to seven do 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 doots is really quite tolerable and so i just let that baby play it stopped and I sort of rejoiced, <laughs> rejoiced and, and went back for a little more sleep knowing that it was going to go off again. So it's, it's sort of like hitting snooze and, but worse because you have to sit and listen to the alarm. Um, and you feel, well, I feel, um, sluggish. I feel sluggish. And that's really the main challenge of, uh, my life right now getting out of bed in the morning, getting into bed at night. Two different reasons. 
at night, I don't want to go to bed because I want to stay up and make music with my friends. Yo, make some music. Last night, I was at a potluck. I went and painted. I stopped by the potluck kind of late. I almost didn't go in because uh, I had a I had a pretty legitimate invite, and I had stopped by on my way out to paint and talk to the host and said that I might stop by on the way back. But, you know, everyone was around a fire. It was dark. Um, maybe some people would think that's, like, the ideal time to enter a group. But to me, it was seemed, like, a little bit like, oh, maybe I'll just go home. But then the music I heard they were playing, and this wasn't live music. This was, I guess it was the Fleet Foxes, who every time I've heard the Fleet Foxes up to this point come on my Pandora station, I've been thumbs downing them because it's like it starts good, you know, the song, and then it just sucks. But this Fleet Foxes music was different. It was good, and uh, it beckoned me in, and it was a great decision. I walked in. And I knew that I would know some people, but I had no idea that I would know, like, a lot of the people there, almost all the people. And, like, this one guy just saw me. He's like, hey, he's like, have you had anything to drink? And I said, no. And he just, like, pours me a big old glass of tequila. Not really a big old glass, but a healthy drink, which was a great way to start. I went and stood by the fire, met people, had a great time. Then later um, they busted out a guitar and this girl with this incredible voice just sang away. And another girl harmonized with her. This was like legit. She was like asking her what key it was in and working out the harmonies. And then someone had drums and there was percussions. And it was like we had like one of the best drum circles, I swear. You know, up to this point, my idea of a drum circle is hippies in Golden Gate Park. And that's kind of obnoxious, honestly. It's like, really? You're just going to drum all these hippies? You have, like, the awkward, like, shirtless, stinky guys dancing. And I don't know. I haven't been that into drum circles. But, boy, this drum circle was fun. And it wasn't, like, incessant and endless. It was, like, someone was kind of leading. They would get it going. I was doing, like, a little shaker. And then it would all sort of stop at some point. Like, it would come to a little completion, and then we would pause. And Anyway, it was great. I um, I decided to, to uh, just spring a little song on them and grab the guitar and realized... So, I know, <laughs> I know one song by heart. One song. I realized that I cobble together a song for this podcast every single week and you would think so this is what episode 15 you'd think i would have like at least 15 songs in my repertoire Mm, no 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 you would be wrong you would be mistaken i have one song in my repertoire because i forget them i forget the chords i forget the chords and i forget the lyrics i mean mostly well it's both some songs i forget the chords and remember the lyrics, some songs I, you get the point, don't you, Charlie? You were on that point already, and you're like, yeah, I, I got that. Are you glad I stopped explaining it? Anyway, you're probably wondering what the one song is, and you might know, it's Freight Train. Yeah, number one song, first song I played on this podcast. Great song, uh, first song my guitar teacher taught me. Has a wicked little, it's not an F, but it's like an F bar chord in it that fucking (laughs) kills me. 
kills me every time. Like, I really, I, I, I still can't bust that chord out confidently. And I had had a little bit of alcohol, which does not help my guitar skills. I will say this. It was better than the time that I, the first time I tried to just bust out Freight Train. And it was like, with all these people that didn't really know me, and um, like, it got deathly silent <laughs> when I picked up the guitar. Like, totally silent. Everybody watching me. My heart was going, like, mad. And I struggled. Oh, boy, did I struggle through that song. With a serious face. And everybody felt sorry for me. And um, they clapped. And they were really glad it was over. We were all really glad it was over. This wasn't so bad. It was better. Um, and actually, I sang it like two times because then someone was trying to get in with some shakers and some other, the other guitar. And anyway, it was just better. It was, I guess it was a smaller group and it was, the vibe was, was conducive to just making music kind of freely, which was awesome. So I really enjoyed that. And, and then of course, didn't get to bed until I don't know late twelve thirty. And so what do I do? I force myself out of bed at six a.m. No, no. I sleep in. I sleep in and I make breakfast until noon. That's what I do. And I check email. I check my both my email accounts, and I check Facebook, and then I check mundodeportivo.com, which is a Barcelona-based uh, soccer news site. Um, I did write my journal, you know, briefly made a full pot of tea, green tea. So, you know, we're doing good things here, people, but that almost feels worse. That almost feels worse. Like, um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm up and I'm functional and I'm just like really, really um coddling myself but that's a bad way to look at it see i'm just taking care of myself but it's like i could i could be like if i can make what did i make this morning a bagel like perfectly toasted with cream cheese and sliced tomato on it a pot of tea you know timing is perfect like hot water honey uh grapefruit of course grapefruit sliced in half sectioned eat that eat that first it's good to eat the fruit first um did like a few sun salutations before that of course did my brushing of my hair if i can do all of this then i could definitely get my butt out there and paint and once i got out there it probably would be all right so i sort of deal with a little bit of guilt of not painting not painting guilt but um, I overcame it. <laughs> I overcame it to the tune of 12:30 p.m. when I finally, finally made my way out into the into the great outdoors and made my way down to a new spot. I went across the bridge and down this path where people were collecting river rocks, like totally obviously just pulled up their truck and were just hucking river rocks in the back of it. And um. And I made myself down my way down the rocky path alongside the river, which sounds wonderful, beautiful river. And it's getting less muddy. I think there's less silt coming down, so it's starting to look more like a river and less like a mudslide. 
And I found kind of a cool little spot, although I was, I'm standing on rocks. And so that's like, I went barefoot, of course. And I can't really, I haven't really figured out that scenario yet. I'm thinking that the, it might be the best way is to just get like two big river rocks and position them nicely and stand on those rocks. But, um, and I started this painting and it's like, okay, the painting I was making yesterday is really cool. I made it down by the park and I made it with a brush. And today I was just like, I'm just going to go back to what I've done before, which is a palette knife, looking at the landscape, this little landscape painting, kind of boring, honestly. But I think that if I'm fully committed, dedicated and present, and invested in this painting, which I plan to be tomorrow, folks. I plan to be. There's something there, you know? There's something there. That's the idea. There's no bad, uh, there's no, like, empty painting that is just totally worthless. Anyhow, that was that was my morning. Then I came back and made breakfast number two. Breakfast number two with some uh, bacon and some fried eggs. This is the classic some curly kale actually not curly kale and this is around uh you know, oh 3 p.m <laughs> breakfast number two and um one more thing one more thing in that breakfast what do you think well i didn't eat toast so that should give you a clue something what's gonna fill the void left by toast in that mouthful you got bacon you got fried egg you got some kale what are you missing chocolate chip pancake answer chocolate chip pancake that's what i made and it was good so i could just tell you the rest of my day but let's let's get on with it what do you say folks what do you say let's move on i got an interview another interview you guys are gonna love this kid his name is vincent mario and he is from california and he's very thoughtful he's very smart um and he's very unique he's one of those people that's like how did you arrive here like being it's like you you came up in a different world somehow some people i think manage to uh solidify something of um something of an energetic and and it's i think it has to do with being in touch with yourself really in touch with yourself and not always looking outside yourself for validation and direction and so uh, this guy's got some—he's got some real uh, universal juice. We'll call it that. Some good thoughts. He—I met him at the community garden. I think he's 19 or so, and he works at the trading post, which is—well, I think we talk about the trading post a little bit, but it's this um, farm sales collective where they have a number of farms that bring produce and then they sell it there and they do a bunch of other cool stuff too. It's really a progressive, awesome place. And they serve like a community lunch every Sunday. Um, so Vincent, I met him and we have just run into each other now and again at the garden. And, uh, I don't think he has a phone or maybe he has a phone, but I don't have his number. Anyway, I, uh, suckered him into doing a podcast I sweetened him up with some eggs and bacon. What do you know? Actually, just eggs. Just eggs and kale and toast. And he said he ate his toast first. And he said that the Ayurvedic theory is to eat your toast for eat your sweets first. 
so that's just another thing to throw into the ever-expanding jumble of ideas of sequences of what you should eat and when you should eat it. And the sequence of eating, which I'm really into. And one day we'll get it figured out. But today is not that day. So go go watch Germany versus USA on Thursday. I, I have to deal with this dilemma of going on a spectacular hike to possibly the most beautiful place in the world, which is Kebler Pass. Apparently puts Big Sur to shim shame. That's right. Calling it out. Calling it out. I haven't seen it yet. Um, right. With, with, with people that are great and like probably like a cool picnic and like um, or go and sit on my butt and watch soccer for two hours. You'd think it'd be an easy decision, right? Go on a hike a different day. That's what I'm saying. Uh, if you have any questions, send me an email. Just, just do it. Just, just don't think twice. Just send me an email. If you want some advice, uh, my ears are, my ears are open. If you want to give me advice, go fuck yourself. (laughs) All right. No, I'm kidding. Really, if you have a suggestion for the podcast, like I'm I'm totally I'm totally open to it. I am all ears. I this is um this isn't about me. This is about you. This is this is a gift. This is a gift from me to you. And if this is if things are too abrasive, <laughs> if I'm too abrasive, you can tell me to tone it down a little bit and I will. I'm obviously excited about life right now, and I'm uh, so grateful that you are taking the time to listen. And seriously, please send me an email if you'd like. The email address is gaberobertsart at gmail.com. Podcast is on iTunes. The best thing you can do to support it is to subscribe to the podcast um, and rate and review the podcast and tell your friends about the podcast. And just keep listening to this podcast okay now let's just do it vincent mario coming at you um this conversation was recorded in the gingerbread house i love you all right here we are in the gingerbread house oh tomatoes thinks he's gonna come and join us (laughs) no kitten sorry He's like, meow. He tries every day. He's like, but I prepared a speech just for this. <laughs> He's awful cute. He's a good one. He just sheds so much. And, you know, it'd be, I feel like it's going to be, it would be harder to keep him out if I were to let him in. Yeah. But as it is, it hasn't stopped him from trying to get in every day. <laughs> <laughs> and me never having let him in. Yeah, he has a will of his own. He does. For sure. Yeah. Have you ever uh, have you ever owned any cats or, or um? No. Well, we briefly had we had a dog growing up, and we uh, briefly had my sister was kind of into cats, and so we got a little kitten for a little while. But my dog was still like a puppy, and didn't wasn't like super gentle with the cat. It was like kind of like yeah, hitting her and like <laughs> trying, to- trying to play with her, but it was just not a good combo. <laughs> so we gave her back to wherever we had gotten her from. You had cats? Yeah, I actually sort of have another interesting story about cats. Um, so, so uh, let's see here. So the house I live or basically grew up in, when we moved in, there was two cats there. Uh-huh. 
One was like one was basically you know short hair, and the other one was uh, like a fuzzy sort of like um, in your face kind of cut, which uh-huh. was annoying because he had so much fur that he would like shed and be like, "Come on!" And he he had this like annoying habit of like meowing and then like not stopping. <laughs> really? Yeah. Carrying on. So okay, so two cats. Remember this, and uh, so eventually we were like, "No, no, we." We can't deal with this one cat, the fuzzy one. So we, we gave him back to the original owners who were happy to have him back. Okay. And then we had one cat, and then she eventually passed on. And then about about a year later or so, you know, once all that kind of settled down, you know, it was... I was kind of like, cats are cool, blah, 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 but my sister really liked cats. Yeah. So, uh, so then my friend had all these kittens, and he's like, dude, do you want some cats? And I'm like, uh, well, let's check them out. And then, you know, we go to the house, kittens, kittens, and then yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're just, like, loving them so much, yeah. and, uh, and then I, uh, I probably, um, should have thought this out a little bit more, but basically I just, like, put two kittens into a box <laughs> and, like, drove home, and I was like, mom, look, we have more cats, <laughs> and what's funny, okay, so, so at that point, like, you went from zero cats to two kittens. Right, well, yeah. basically two to two again. Right. So that's what's interesting about the story, so... Well, at first, the two cats were basically identical. Actually, we had we had three for a little bit, but one of them, it was just my friends that we were taking care of for, like, only a couple weeks. But, uh-huh. yeah, so the two cats were basically identical. But then as they started to grow up, one became very fluffy, and the other one had shorter hair. Really? And the fluffy one became really, really annoying. Really? Yeah. And then we were just like, we were just like, we do not like this cat, but we couldn't really give him back or anything. But he, uh... I think he sensed that we didn't really like him because he was, like... He was even worse than the other one. Like, the the other one was, like, okay, you know, he had his issues. But this one was just, like, insane. Like, Whoa. Like, he would, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, he would do some pretty annoying things. Like, he would he'd be like, meow, meow, I love you. And then he would, like, you know, you know do the cat petting thing. And then he would start, like, clawing you. Yeah. Like, clawing your uh, yeah. clothes and stuff. And you'd be like, stop that, stop that, stop Yeah. And, um... Yeah, so... But he eventually just started, like, going off into the wilderness. And by the time we, uh moved out, um, and this is the last segment of the story here, by the time we moved out, there was basically just one cat, and the other one was just way off in the wilderness, and we, we only saw him, like, once every, like, three weeks or so, if that, and he would just come by and, like, you know, steal some food from other cat's bowl and just run away, and, uh... But the other one was, like, a sweetheart? Yeah, he was awesome. He was a total social cat, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, aggressively social. He was just like, oh, come chill with us, and he would just, like, chill, you know? Yeah. And, and then and then we we gave him. That's what I like know, in a cat. Yeah, yeah, to friends. He was he was a good cat. He was a one quality cat. And uh, but then here's the interesting part. So new people move in uh-huh. and they have two cats. One of them is fuzzy and one Wait, of new them people is short. Move in where the house that you guys left? Yeah. No way. And how did you then? You went back and visit, or how did you know that? Oh, uh, well, when you saw them move in, you saw what? Yeah, because basically two cats. they moved in the same day we moved out, like okay. literally the same day. So okay. we moved all our stuff out. And then, uh, and then, like, yeah, it was, like, the middle of the day, then they moved in, and we were still moving stuff out, so it was, That's like, a transition weird. <laughs> yeah. So there's two cats at that house, so that's some very strong, uh, cat karma. Yeah, like, some, some two major cat spirits inhabiting that house. Yeah. That, like, inhabited the cats that come in or something. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, and I wonder how the, I was very curious to see how those two cats interacted, because I'm almost certain one would be social and one well they'd both be like social but one would be annoying and one would be like yeah. not annoying you know <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah cats are interesting cats are very interesting 
I could, I could, I could handle some cats. I think uh, if I had some room, you know, and they and they like spend a lot of time outside. I guess I can handle them. It creeps me out when people have cats in like apartments and like they or never like a bunch leave of cats. or a bunch of cats in an apartment. And then they whisper to their cats. <laughs> and the cats whisper back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have little conversations. <laughs> So your name is Vin? That's me. That's you. What's your last name? Nice to meet you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my last name. Well, I, I go by Vincent Mario. Vincent Mario. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you're from California? That's right. Just like me. And how long have you been in Paonia? Uh, om- almost four months. Oh, really? Not that long at all? No. Not that yeah, long? Yeah, at the end of this month, June, yeah. it'll be four months. Cool. And what brought you here? Maybe you told me, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's sort of a story. Let's, uh, let's begin. <laughs> so I was, okay, so I grew up in basically the Bay Area, but, um, you know, then about a year ago, um, I started traveling around, and then I was in Arcata, California, living with some friends, right, right. but then that situation sort of fell through, so my friend and I were like, uh, it's a completely open world, so what do we want to do? Yeah. So we decided to, um, basically you know, get straight to, straight to the point, you know, the basics. Like, we were like, well, what are we doing every day? We're eating, we're, you know, we're releasing our bowels, you uh-huh. know, we're, uh, we're smoking pot, no, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're, but. We <laughs> <laughs> were living in Arcadia. Yeah, I so guess. we were like, well, so what, what can, like, you know, what has the possibility of teaching us all, like, you know, the most, like, ground up sort of things? And so it was mm. specifically food. Okay. So we were like, we were thinking like, you know, it's, we don't even know how food's made. And, you know, he was working at a grocery store at the time and he's like, you know, it just comes in on a truck and packages and like, it, there's, there's a total misconnection that we were both uh, feeling. So we were like, you know what, let's try and let's break this down a bit. Let's go to, let's go do some farming, you know, let's, um, yeah. let's intern on a farm. So we applied all over the West coast and we only applied on, to one farm in Colorado, but of all the places we like, we applied to a lot of places. And the only place that actually accepted us yeah. was uh, the Colorado farm. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Was it through Woofing? No. Okay. It was Atra, A-T-T-E-R-A, Donut, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, yeah, A-T-T-R, Donut, and uh, slash internships. Huh. Yeah, so then we are... Uh, we were pretty excited because uh, neither one of us had lived in Colorado, and my friend actually never been to Colorado, and I was just like... You know, it had been several years since I've been to Colorado, and, you know, they legalized pot here. And at first, yeah. that was kind of a motivator, you know, because coming sure. from Arcata, you know, we were like... Yeah, <laughs> seems know. like the place to go. It, it totally seemed right right down the stream from, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, so then we got to the farm. And uh, did I tell you anything about this? No. What okay. farm is it? Or uh, was it? <laughs> this farm is notorious for having interns come and not stay the full time. Oh, really? In fact, leave very early. And we are we heard that while we were still on the farm, and we were like, hmm, that's a little odd. Yeah. So then as time goes on, we're like, oh, this is why people, <laughs> this yeah. is why people um, leave this place in, in flocks. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to necessarily discredit them. Sure. But um, the, it, there were a lot of really, really bad vibes. Yeah. So generally, you know, we're, we were trying to stick it up, but... We were like, you know what, I don't even think we can do the full season here. And then that kept was it going shorter to... and shorter. And 
let me let me just finish up. Here yeah, yeah, and, please. Uh, yeah, so then we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna leave within the week because there's just events leading up to the, and then eventually, uh, yeah, it just got it just got so crazy. So on one night, and we were just like, all right, this this Gotta is get it. Get out of here. Chalked, cut off. So yeah, we, uh, we just left, and uh, yeah, since then, um, yeah, I've been trying to find my place in town, and it's been yeah. going pretty well. Great. So I was only there for about a month, and the okay. other three months we were in town. And was it going to be like a um, oh? work trade sort of a thing that you would you did labor and you lived did they provide food too well that was sort of the that was, there was okay so basically at the end of it the, the the day we left we had a list of pros and cons and the only pros we, we actually didn't even have any pros and we were trying to be pretty fair in this and we were like pros well we technically have shelter and food but the food See, they promised food, yeah. but the food was basically just being imported from China. Like, it was, oh, really? It was horrible, oh, horrible no. food. And, oh, yeah, that's too bad. And they wouldn't, like... So, basically, all we had was, like, pancake mix and... Um, what was the other thing? Pancake mix, milk, and... Uh, what was the last one? Like, lentils. Oh, so, we were, it was it was all grains, pretty much. And we were just like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is not healthy. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, so ironic yeah. on a place that's growing food right you were growing well, vegetables totally yeah and that was part of our problem with it was they had a whole contract and part of it was like you can eat anything on the farm and you'll get like a lot of food and like we didn't even we and uh, they're basically saying that they'll provide adequate food for us yeah. which they weren't doing there's actually like a whole list of things you know the whole cons was like you know 12 items that they just didn't comply with at all right. in the contract so. Right. <laughs> so then how did you find your way is it a farm close to Paonia? Um, actually, that's, that's all our interesting thing. So I didn't know too much about, uh, the town of Paonia at all. In fact, I knew nothing. The first time I heard anything about it was on the train over where someone was like, oh, Paonia, that's awesome. That town's great. And, uh, and then, you know, so then that guy got off and a, a new person came on and then uh, this guy was like, oh, Paonia, yeah, hmm, well, good luck. You know, sort of. <laughs> so we literally had a 50-50 impression and then... <laughs> Yeah, so we had to find out for ourselves, but we didn't really do that until the last, uh, in fact, we didn't do that until after we left the farm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Didn't even go to town, and then we're, and then once I actually found town, yeah, it was like, wow, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's I pretty sweet, it. huh? <laughs> yeah. It's totally different than anything I, I, I could have imagined Yeah, a small town. Yeah, for sure, and what's kind of interesting is the farm, on their Atra posting, they said, like, oh, um blah 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 it's like a you know it's an eco-friendly kind of place and we'll um we, we practice sustainable type stuff and uh, we have a strong community here we love musicians we love artists basically everything that describes a town yeah but it's like i i swear they were trying to describe the farm uh the farm by using what's good with wow. the town you know so crazy it, yeah it was really trippy for me and it was disappointing at first when i went to the farm and i'm like oh it's yeah. none none of yeah. these none of these check off and but then I go to town, and all of them are just like, wow, this is what I was looking for in the farm. Yeah. So that was a nice sort of um, surprise. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it seems like there are... I haven't gone to check out any of the farms around here. But it, it seems like... Tomato. He's, like, <laughs> working on you right now. <laughs> he knows that I'm not going to open the door. I think he's trying to cast spells. Maybe. Oh, you poor kitten. <laughs> Outside, all alone. <laughs> but it seems like there, there's a lot of farms around here. Mm-hmm. It seems like 
some of them are probably just like that one was advertised and just didn't turn out to be. Yeah. Some of them are probably actually like that. Um, yeah, so that particular farm is not, is by no means the average. It's yeah. very much the extreme. Yeah. Of, in fact, um, I would say it's the most extreme farm in that sense. Wow. Yeah. Um, of just being unfair to the workers and just, be, like, just being, I mean, like, literally evil. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was That's extremely wild, dark, huh? yeah. And, but there's other farms that are really, really good in there. Yeah. Area, like, fantastic. And the one good thing I'll say about the Buffalo Farm is that they were the first organic farm in the area. Really? So they kind of, like, they're, they're, you know, they're the pioneers for that movement. Huh. But the place itself became, you know, decrepit. Shit and just got weird yeah. or something. Crazy. It, it got warped. It got really warped. And I could really go into it, but I just don't want to. No, absolutely. Like, no. You know, yeah. No need for that. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but it's good. It's It got you out here, right? Yeah. In fact, that's a, whenever I say that story, people are like, well, at least you're here now. And I'm yeah. like, yes, <laughs> for sure. And So are you going to try to yeah. continue the, the... Are you still thinking about... Um, you're working at that Farming. trading post, mm-hmm. and that works with all sorts of different farms, right? Totally, yeah. Well, see, another thing about the experience that was good, and there's actually quite a few things that was that were good in terms of, like, learning, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I basically learned that farming was a lifestyle, you know? It was mm-hmm. a full-on thing where you have to commit to, and I realized, well, I mean, that's just not necessarily what I want to do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there was quite a few reasons for that, and it's like, well, I really respect farmers, of course, yeah. but it's just, I don't, it's not me, and... Yeah, I do. That's correct. I do work at the train post, and I specifically try and avoid the tasks that, or I try and go towards the tasks that are more in like the art department rather than the farming department when I yeah. have that choice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's no joke. Farming is like no. a full-on endeavor. Yeah, it's serious business for sure. I think I think you can. Um, it is serious business, and yeah, I'd like to. I think I'd like to work on one for a little while. I think mm. it'd be a good experience. Yeah, it's totally worth the experience. But I see myself probably um, doing more just like vegetable, a vegetable garden of my own or whatever. And like, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, (laughs) it is not like, it's not like everything I want to do. There's a lot of other things I want to do. And if you're farming, you might just be like tired at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's basically like. I mean, the reason I said lifestyle, it's, like, even when you're, like, an intern, because that's what I technically was, an intern, um, yeah. I mean, there's times where you have to wake up, like, in the middle of the night because something went wrong or blah, right. blah, blah, and there's no real, like, off period, you know, like, right. we were supposed to really work five days a week, or, like, five and a half, but mm-hmm. really, we were working every day of the week, mm-hmm. which, yeah. There's always something that needs to be done. Exactly. There was always some sort of task or chore, and there was always something... You know, it was always, like, piling up, and it was just... Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, our tasks are done. It was just like, well, we got enough done today. And yeah. We'll just carry on tomorrow, you know? Wow. So what do you think the ideal is for farms? Like, if you say you've got, like... On one end of the spectrum is, like, big old farms that are you know, right. providing huge amounts of produce, and then on the other end you just have people with, like, little gardens in their backyards... Yeah, I don't know if I'm the most <laughs> educated in this particular uh, subject, but I would say, um, you know, from my experience with that particular farm and with other farms that I've talked to and um, reading about farming, because yeah. I did quite a bit of reading beforehand, and now my current experience with the train post, which is, al- which is also a farm, Yeah. Um, 
I would say that it's definitely not good to have, like, like Monopoly. Like, that's pretty obvious, you know what I mean? And things like Monsanto or, like, those... Any sort of GMO crops or anything where it's, like... Like, one... There's just one outlet of control for it. Yeah. That's just bad in any form. So... Yeah. Yeah, so I think there should sort of be a limit, but it's really difficult to say where that limit should be because, I mean, there could definitely be providers for the entire local area, you know what I mean? Or right. even co-ops of farmers that provide for the entire right. region, you know? Right. Potentially. And then, uh, you know, they sell through certain hubs, you know, like there'd be like a store in town where it's like, oh, you know, we, we here's your food grown locally. Yeah. Which would be great. And then, you know, you could grow your vegetables or whatever, um, yeah. or whatever you want to grow in your own home. Right. But um, someone was telling me uh, this holiday where it's like, well, gardens are really great, and you get your own food, and you can make your own sandwiches with the food you grab, blah, 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 but still a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It totally is. And it's like, it's, uh, true. it's not just like, oh, you know, I planted the seeds, and now I have fruit. It's like, yeah. it's it's like it's like an everyday sort of thing. It's it's yeah. more of like a real hobby than a, yeah. than like a, yeah, like a, you know, like, oh, I'm adding a new lamp over here. You know, it's, right. it's not just like an addition to your house. It's like a full. <laughs> this is done. Yeah. yeah, it always is. Yeah. I like the idea of of community, um, like farms, property, land that uh, mm. people sort of, you know, a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred people. That's sort of like their hub, and like they, all the young people like rotate on seasons where they go for like a month or two to like work, and everyone gets their food, and then you like make your specialty products and then trade those with other farms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if I'm in a position to say what's really good for education, but I think it would be worth the experience for every youth of the country, you know, to oh, participate yeah, in the farm, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's so fucked up that kids <laughs> don't get that exposure at all, not, you know, and come really. up in cities and just, like, think food comes from cans. Yeah, then we have those kind of bocce uh, field trips i'm not saying all field trips are bocce but i i think mine was where we're just like oh look at the cow you know and then yeah. we're just like we we have no understanding of like what what's being done where you know what i mean and it's just right. like oh here's the pig here's the cow right. and then we sing like a song you know, and then we go home and eat like some processed food you know? yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah that's pretty weak yeah for sure yeah, it seems like it's good. There's some good. I gotta check out the farms around here, but it seems mm. like there's some cool ones. A lot of organic ones. Yeah, back to that subject. There's definitely some really good farms in the area. I know yeah. um, Living Farm. They have that. Uh, the cafe. Yeah, kind of like a bread and. Yeah, right. Uh, they have a little inn there. Bread and breakfast. <laughs> Bre- bread and breakfast. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I was I was wondering how the, how those words get mixed up. No, but they uh, yeah they have rooms and they have like um, food you know yeah um, restaurant food and yeah. uh, but the food from the restaurant comes mostly from the farm right which is really close by right and that kind of system what I learned is that basically like you know if say for whatever reason all their imports dropped which is you know potential could, is a potential you know thing that could happen and that particular farm or that particular restaurant would survive because the food's coming from the farm so locally that even if they had to, they could use a horse and wagon to (laughs) transport the produce and still make their meals. Yeah. So they're not dependent on on other systems, which is really cool. And then I wish I could talk more about other farms because I, I've heard really good things, but I don't have too much experience with them. Well, I'll have to check them out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So what do you uh, what do you see your your trajectory heading now? Now that you're in town, you're already like huh. decided you don't want to be full on farmer. Yeah. So, uh, um, where am I going? Well, I guess uh, the farming experience sort of brought up certain, you know things in my life where I'm like, well, you know, since this is what I don't want to do, what do I want to do, yeah. you know? So I set up a few goals, well, not even a few, like a lot of goals, and all of them really relate to music and art. Cool. Yeah, for sure, and, you know, I'm an artist, and I draw a lot, but I realized that even just by, uh, like, I kind of want to do more with just than, than just drawing, you know, and rather than just um, draw pictures, which is generally what I do, you know, I mm-hmm. have a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know, draw, color, um... I kind of want to go deeper and make whole stories that, so there's, there's, uh, drawings, you know, there's pictures, but they're telling, they're not just like the pictures themselves, there's like stories that are like flowing behind yes. that, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to move into a, sort of like a larger realm with that. Cool. Yeah. So are you thinking of big, are you trying to think up, cook up some stories? Trying to. I figure it's all practice anyway, and I'm a really... Um, strong follower of like improvisation, you know. Uh-huh. So I always try and make up things on the spot, you uh-huh. know. Uh, so I realized that stories. I'm like, well, stories. How do I start? And I realized I was really, really bad at doing stories. So <laughs> uh, at what? Um, I just you know saying stories, yeah, writing stories, dude, for even sure. Thinking of stories. Yeah, so it's not easy. It's really not. So I mean, I can make a really basic story, but that's not what I wanted to do, you know. Right. I mean? And so basically, uh, what was that? That was pretty recently, actually. Like two weeks ago maybe uh-huh. so since then i've been sort of trying to integrate stories into what i'm seeing in real life so it's like okay. um you know like the people i work with i'm like oh so this person's kind of a character you know what would they do in this situation uh-huh. or, you know try and build certain settings and stuff that i cool. can like have characters interact in or cool yeah that's so. fun i think that's uh i think people if you can tap into some larger stories or like even archetypes Mm. that gives people another way to access your art and like you know can hit them on a different level totally yeah i mean you know art i believe is very much a form of communication you know and it's like well you know you see pictures of the flowers and stuff, and you're like, oh, I love flowers, you know, but ultimately it's just really communicating colors and feelings and that, but yeah, with stories, that's a very deep form of art, you know, yeah. and, you know, when, uh, especially like graphic novels, I think they're highly, highly underrated, because they're going through some really major themes, some of them, and, cool. well, even like anime, or like um, yeah. cartoons, yeah. Like, they're, you know, they're essentially, like, yeah, there's drawing and there's all that stuff, but really what's behind it is what is what's being communicated, you know? It's not the pictures themselves, but um, the context behind that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes wish that I had uh, something I was trying to say or something a little more specific that was, like, I felt an undercurrent of strongly, you know, and that everything I did was, like, directly related to it mm. i'm sure there's something there you yeah know? and it's just a question of like digging down to find it but i really want that feeling of i mean i i enjoy painting and like i feel like it's it inevitably is evolving like you said anything that you work at evolves mm-hmm. but i really i guess i crave that feeling of like of just the, the passion of it of like 
something that I just I've got to say, you know, mm. that I just have to put out there, and that drives me to it, and like just like drives me past all the questions of like, oh, like what should I put in here? Should I look like this? Like all the little kind of questions, like where it's just like I'm just driving after something, and yeah. and I don't care really how it looks. Like I'm just so eager to like say it or like I don't know. I guess that's like a romantic idea of art that I have, but I feel like I haven't really, uh, I don't feel that super strongly huh. in, uh, in my art. But yeah. I mean, for sure, like art, there. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, you know, because all of us have like the potential to really go anywhere we want with this art, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, you know, there's, there's some painters that will... You know, there's all levels of this where painters will just, you know, do like, you know, splatter paint or something right. like that, where it's really not much of anything at all, you know? Um, but then there's painters that will, you know, like sketch it out, find the forms, you know, use yeah. all these tools to get the angles right, and then, like, you know, use a viewfinder. Oh, that's a nice composition, you know? Uh-huh. And then, you know, get all the colors and, like, spend, like, I mean, I've heard of, you know, there's been painters that spend, like, decades on one painting just right. to get it, like, oh, yes. Perfect. Sing, you know, single hair paintbrushes just right. to get those details in. So it's like, how deep, how far do you want to go? And because it's a communication of, I mean, sure, you're looking outwards, but it's really a communication of what's inwards, you yep. know? So it's really the more. As deep as you want to go inwards is what's going to be, you know, the communication, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it's hard to go <laughs> go deep inwards? Um. <laughs> or do you feel like that's important to, to the art you want to make? I think in my particular case, yeah, because I was thinking, like, I don't know if I could really say that for everyone, you know, because there's, I mean, there's some people that can just, like, mm, there's some people that have a certain style and because of whatever, you know, context they're in, that style definitely works for them. Like, um, but in my particular case, I find that by going deeper and deeper and deeper within myself and just finding like all these like really interesting sort of things, um, it enhances my art to Mm -hmm. a great degree Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (coughs) So how do you, (coughs) how do you go deeper? (laughs) <laughs> is it through thinking or like uh meditating well i find that there's all sorts of uh layers to the to the inner atmosphere you know so yeah. you know we're all being like we're always um having those tides of thoughts you know pass by and like the thoughts appear and then disappear and you can you can you can grab onto the thought and like see where it goes but ultimately thoughts aren't too much you know yeah and by thoughts i mean that sort of I'm really only referring to, like, that inner dialogue where it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, I want a breakfast day. What do I want for breakfast? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I ate that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not even thinking, you're not even, like, aware that you're thinking that. Yeah, you're just chattering on with yourself. (laughs) So, um, there's certain, like, well, there's practices I try and do where I try and, like, just not be attached to that. And there's certain sort of, like, stillness practices. And then, yeah, so that's, like, the top layer. And thoughts can sometimes be pretty deep, you know, but generally they're only a certain kind of wavelength, you know, and Mm. the bottom of it is not going to go as deep as other kinds. And Mm. emotions go deeper for sure. And emotions are, um, you know, we all feel our reactions to them, but, um, just like thoughts, they kind of appear and disappear as well, Uh even though they're like deeper and more 
there's a lot more to them, you know, they're a lot uh-huh. more complex. Um, but all those things, like thoughts, emotions, and then even going deeper, there's like, um, there's just like full states of mind, you know what I mean? Which I don't really know how to really express that in words, but it's like, you get to this point where you're just like fully immersed within the experience, you know, where yeah. it's like your emotions and thoughts are being completely interpreted from the experience. Hmm. And so, well, emotions, I believe, are sort of like, sort of like a response to your environment, but it's kind of a long-term response where it's like, you know, like say, like, I mean, they even have studies about this where if you stare like red for long enough, you'll start feeling like more energetic or like, Hmm. um, you know, more fiery or whatever, like different colors have different responses, et cetera, et cetera. And but, I mean, within your local environment, that adds up to a lot. So, I definitely believe emotions are extremely long-term and possibly even, you know, cross... Um, lifetimes? Th- cross lifetimes, exactly, yeah. So, um, thoughts are a little different. I believe they're a little bit more immediate, you know? Yeah, They're more like the, sure. di- they're the direct feedback from your environment. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, you can sort of... Um, Oh, here's the other layer I kind of want to talk about where you can uh, manifest things, you know? And that's interesting, where it's like you're not thinking and you're sort of feeling an emotion, but it's not really either of those. It's more like you put intention towards a certain, you know, just towards anything, really. And okay. that's, that's the area of manifestation. And I haven't actually had a whole lot of work with that, and that's a new area for me, but that's, I, th- I believe that's deeper than emotions and thoughts. And, hmm. and what's really interesting is... um. So back to those, like, um, so I hope I, I covered that, those top layers well enough, but, you know, those, uh, lower le- levels, they start to become very, um, timeless after a while where it's like, you realize that there is no real linear time going on, but there's these kind of like eternal spaces that mm. are contained like within you. And it's like, um, and it's just a question of when they're being expressed or right. like in what moments in this reality do they sort of bubble up or come through? Totally, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you become still enough and like eventually all your thoughts will pass and then your emotions will be in the background, you know, but then there's these certain sort of patterns that you notice, you know, where it's like there's they're like patterns about yourself, you know. And I guess if you want to use an analogy of like a river or something or I guess an ocean might be better, you know, there's a top current, you know. The top mm-hmm. waves, but the waves don't move all the water, you know, they just move the top mm-hmm. things, and even the biggest waves, they don't go that deep. Right. Then there's, like, the motions, which are, like, you know, whatever. Some, all the, some the, of the currents, some yeah. of the, the but, what, Gulf Stream. Totally, yeah, there's all that, like, stuff right below the surface going on, but then what's interesting about the ocean, especially deep ocean, you know, there's a top layer, but then there's, there's basically oceans inside the oceans. There's layers going down. Yeah. And so... You know, once you go into those deeper layers, there's completely different currents, and from what I understand, they're usually, like, bigger currents, and they're mm-hmm. usually, um, um, well, bigger. So it's, like, the top layer would be, like, this big, and, you know, then below it, it'd be, like, three times as big, you yeah. know I mean? So the ocean has more of a expanse, or, you know, going back to the mine, it's, like, once you go deeper, you really do go deeper and deeper, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I is. love that idea, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to try to, I mean, I feel like it's important to try to get there oh, yeah. once in a while, get down there. I think I can feel anytime I do 
take a minute and and sort of just look at my surroundings i definitely i i feel just a little more like going on inside of me mm. like i feel uh, i think i feel i think i feel emotions and i don't mm. know that i've i don't know that i've gone deeper than that but maybe maybe one example i could think of is like so sometimes i feel like a little lonely and and then sometimes or often i can kind of like appreciate that feeling and kind of like enjoy it and like savor it yeah that's wonderful so maybe that's like a little further down past just the like the loneliness yeah for sure i mean well, the interesting thing is we don't really live in a static environment, you know, yeah. in any way. So it's always like these things are uh, evolving and changing. Yeah. But there's certain, like, you know, techniques that people have embraced over the years as being very um, uh, successful in dealing with <laughs> with your conditions, you know. <laughs> and one of them is, like, when certain emotions arise, don't try and block them or stuff them into the back cupboards or, yeah. you know, um, accept Let them come. Yeah. Anything that comes up. Anxiety, it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. But it's like, accept it, and it's a lot easier for it to be accepted and released, you know? Yep. For sure. And, um, oh, this is what I was going to say about emotions. Uh, um, so it's like, what we're experiencing as emotions is being released as we're experiencing it, you know? So it's like, um, evaporation, sort of. It's like we have this huge, like, puddle of water, you know? Yeah. That's been just accrued for however however it was you know and but we're like you know we're like this little kind of like i don't know what what goes on water like maybe like a little buoy or something mm-hmm. you know and that's just there's just that little bit of evaporation that we're constantly experiencing <laughs> <laughs> so it won't ever stop well yes and no or run out because it's like you know what I mean? It's like, well, our, uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I just find that a lot of these things work in cycles. Yeah. So it's not so much about, cause it's, it's very kind of linear to believe that it's like, oh, you know, we have a glass of water, then we drink all the water and the, the water's done. I mean, that's a linear action, but generally in terms of cycles and these deeper things, it, it has more of a form of, um, well, cycles. Like, loops. yeah, it's circular basically. Right. So the feeling of like, when you're just starting to feel something for the first time and then when you're like feeling it fully and then when you're sort of totally getting getting past it or feeling it less it's diminishing yeah it's like a wave it goes up and then there's like that peak of it and then it diminishes you know yeah oh, that's interesting it's amazing how much time we can spend thinking about other things like <laughs> surface yeah. level things for sure. To have um, anything to do with this stuff. Yeah, and we're probably all different, but <laughs> but then there's also, like, the imagination spaces, you know, where you're just purely creating something. And for whatever reason, we've, I think, been blessed to have extremely, like, good powers of, like, foresight, you know, where we can be, like... You mean as human beings? Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe most, yeah. Every individual pretty much has this where they're like, oh, you know... uh you know, what's an example? Like, oh, I'm going to get into my car and go to the store, you know? But they're just sitting on their couch thinking about it, you know what I mean? Right. 
So that whole act of planning ahead is really an act of imagination. You know? Yeah. And what's kind of interesting is, like, childhood is so, like, open to the imagination, and, like, it's a very sort of, like, a fluid thing, and, like, things are just kind of lucid, and, like, you can see the fairies really easily, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But um, as you get older, it starts to get more constricted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's simply because there's not very much practice with it and mm-hmm. you know I mean there's other factors with that too like you know our, usually our local cultures don't support that so much yeah. you know what I mean or even our families don't support that so much usually yeah. and uh, school it's like yeah. school's, I think school's meant to like you know uh, just flatten that all those colors into like a gray blob totally just, just be like uh, yeah so this is black and this is white and yeah. just don't forget that <laughs> you know what I mean and, and we have it all and, figured uh, out yeah it doesn't go outside of this box, you see. And yeah. <laughs> and it's not a box at all, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Did you go to, uh, what kind of school did you go to? Well, I was lucky to be homeschooled. Uh, Hit it. Six years. Yeah, Me boy. Too. Until sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, then I went to regular school for uh, all like six years. But okay. it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. linear. It was like, I went four years elementary, two years homeschool, four years, and then another two years. Does that add up? Yeah. Okay. So the last two being like junior, senior year of high school kind of a thing? I'm actually trying to remember how this happened. I didn't go to preschool. So the first four years I was public school, then until eighth grade. You were homeschooled? Yeah. Until eighth grade, and then all of high school I went to regular school. So I guess it was eight years and four years. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was homeschooled up, and I started sixth grade, and then... 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Wow. Days. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just like my sister, actually. Really? Yeah, she she went right up to 6th grade, and then she went to high school. And huh. She's in high school. How about that? <laughs> so cool. is your mom doing the schooling? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing about homeschooling, it's really, really great, I think, and that's how children will actually, like, learn. You yeah. know what I mean? Or rather than school, where it's, like, just not really learning much at all, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the thing about school that homeschooling doesn't have is that, like, social interaction, which I believe sure. is really, really important to yes. have between people, you know? Yes. So that was the one thing where I was like, oh, I, I kind of wish I had more friends, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all good, because then again, like, you know, it was it was actually really cool, because I would go on, like, field trips way out to, like... There was one time we just went out to Texas, and then just one time we went out to, like, Idaho. And cool. Yeah. Just random stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy I did it. I think it would be tough. I mean, I know it was probably tough for my mom to do it because it was, like, in suburbia and, like, I don't know. It's quite a challenge to, like, create a space where three little kids can, like, be safe and, like, mm-hmm. be learning and still, like, have some social interaction and yeah, probably got a lot of flack from people that thought she was fucking crazy you know what i mean yeah like homeschooling your kids there's there's like a big stigma around it yeah it's weird yeah um it seems like in recent years it became a little bit more like acceptable and i it's hope like, so oh, that's yeah alternative that's cool because yeah. alternatives only became cool you know but right. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yes, there's uh, there's definitely that conventional thing where it's like, oh, they're not going to public school. They might not know how to do algebra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old algebra. <laughs> sure use that every day. Yeah. Yeah. I actually find that math, um, I kind of use that where I, I don't use, like, formulas and stuff, but thinking of, like, X being a, like, 
in, you know, this cup could be X, you uh-huh. know, just being able to practice that for a little bit, I think was actually useful. Yeah. And even calculus where it's like, you have that velocity, you know, and like things are like moving through time and space and changing, you know, and it's like, oh, differentials, you know, there's this, you know, inverse thing going on, blah, blah, blah. And I it's didn't like, go, I didn't take calculus. Uh, I like the idea of that. <laughs> See, well, that's why you don't understand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm missing. <laughs> I just gotta go back to school. Take some calc, take some chemistry. No, it was it was for sure boring though at the, at the same time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but theoretically it could be I mean I think of a lot a lot of the things that uh were in well, some things that were in high school could have been really interesting if I had yeah. been in like a space to be receptive. But I was I was so distracted with everything else that was going on. I wasn't very well uh, set up to, like, enjoy or appreciate class. Yeah, totally. It could be so much smarter, um, the whole design of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, well, I mean, there's been so, like, in fact, I think every study that studies circadian rhythms, you know, sleep cycles, Uh shows that children are pretty variable, but, I mean, they have their own pattern. But basically, as we grow into adolescence, we go into more of a nocturnal uh, um, sleep cycle. Really? Yeah, so it's actually normal for us not just to um, go to bed later, but to sleep longer, for a longer duration. Yeah. Because we're growing. Right. And school basically cuts directly into that by giving us homework and an early time to go to school. Right. Which is, you know, really actually pretty detrimental to health and all that stuff. and. Yeah, there's actually a lot of really screwy things, because then people, you know, they, kids start getting depressed because, you know, they don't have a social group to fit in, and then they yeah. have to wake up every day, and they, their health is declining, and then they get depression, and then their doctor's like, oh, you know, it takes on this Prozac, you'll be fine, right. and then they get real fucked up, you know, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but that's the that's the era we live in, and hopefully that will be changed, um, a lot yes. of education, and homeschooling is probably one of the first steps in that way, and yeah. then there's also things like charter schools, I don't know too yeah. much about charter schools, but... Um, charter schools and what was the other one I was looking at there's yeah my friend's a part of something called like vision uh-huh. I don't know too much about that but there's all these alternative things going on where it's like um, where it's like I think like more group based more interactive mm-hmm. based where mm-hmm. you're like learning more like like well I mean you're learning social skills but you're also learning how to like use those social skills to get something done mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm actually just kind of assuming I'm not sure if they're actually doing that but I think that's what would be really good for uh people to learn it's gotta happen yeah it's gotta happen for sure yeah there's gotta be a different way there's gotta be a way that kids don't feel like they're going to prison every day and they can express themselves and can understand the importance of what they're doing like it seems like a lot of what education was was trying to uh, indoctrinate us with the idea that that this was important oh yeah you know it's all trivial like, and it wasn't really, but it, it is, like, education in general is, like, super yeah. important. And so ideally kids could <clears throat> could understand that, you know, at an Ideally, age. right. <laughs> well, and, and they could actually feel like what they were doing actually was important, or ideally it would actually be important <laughs> and helpful. And then maybe they would want to do it, and they'd get something out of it. No, totally. Kids want to learn. Yeah, like I mean, like little kids, they're like rocks. Why is this rock blue? Yeah, right, right. Uh, Yeah, they ask all the questions. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, obviously there's a problem when like little kids are like, 
why why this why that how how you know and then like older kids are just like don't ask me anything you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i mean yeah it doesn't matter (laughs) it's in a book somewhere doesn't matter exactly yeah go read a book i mean they don't say that but they like i feel like there's there's kind of like a taken for granted idea that science has really done a lot of like like, there's a certain amount of mystery, and we've solved a certain amount of mystery. Like, oh, we've solved about 60% of the mystery of life, you know? Yeah. But it's not like that. And the more you look at science, the more you realize that the more they go into this research of, like, life and stuff, it just expands everything. And yes. suddenly it's like, wow, there's all this space <clears throat> of mystery where it's like, why? I mean, why? I personally don't like the question why because it's very contextual, you know? Yeah. So you could be like, you know, why? Why flower? You know what I mean? Right. But it makes no sense. And right. But basically, they're finding that it's like, you know, there's all these, like, life forms being created, and, you know what I mean? And it's just happening, you know what I mean? And all these, like, patterns and all these things happening at once. And, you know, science tries to be all rational and, like, breaks it down to, like, specific forms. But they're finding that um, it, it's, it, things only really apply within a certain context. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there are solid laws to a certain degree, but, I mean, even, like, because like, law is supposed to be, like, you know, a solid black line. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't break, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're even finding that the laws of thermodynamics aren't even consistent. Like, really? there's instances where energy will just appear out of free space. Wow. And continually appear, and there's no point where it's being extracted from. It's just appearing. Wow. And, um, some, yeah, there was some elaboration on the thing of entropy as well, but I don't really remember it, so I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's interesting, because it's like, it's like we're, we've been marching with science of, like, checking off like things yeah. that we figured out okay we got that figured out we got that figured out we got that figured out and then it's like as we get further the end point just disappears right totally yeah. like we realize that we're never going to get there to have it all figured out there's always more there's more and more and more to explore exactly yeah i mean you know i feel like there's sort of this ideal maybe carried over from the 50s where it's like okay the era of war is over and like well, actually, that's not where I was trying to go with that. <laughs> it's like the era of science has begun, yeah, basically, and now we can study, learn everything. We we can split the atom, so let's see how many parts the atom has. And then we believe that it was all like kind of quantized, where it's like, oh, you know, the atom has you know thirty seven parts, and uh, and then space only goes up to number four hundred twenty seven. You know what I mean? And then it's four hundred twenty seven. Like, what? Or you know, I'm just making it oh, okay, okay, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, you know, it's confined within these certain limits, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's just. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just sort of elaborating on what you said, basically. But it's just like, yeah, it, it does not have any limits in any way at all. And science is just like a plant growing into the air and realizing all this air is around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when it's a little sprout, it's like, oh, there's only a little bit of air. And then it goes into like a <laughs> shoot, and then it's like, oh, there's a lot Holy more air. And then it's like shit. a tree. And it's like, there's all this space around me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think there's like... Do you think there's a, a way to get to a level of understanding that uh, is complete? Yeah. No. I mean, well, yes and no. Because there's a way of being that embraces that there's complete mystery. Nicely said. That's very nicely said. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I no, think that's... But like, for sure, though, like, there's... It's, it's not so much, like... Because knowledge really is more... Like, after a certain point, knowledge just limits you. And, like, I mean, I've seen that in a lot of cases where it's like... I mean, I think anyone would agree that if you're going to college with a specific purpose, you are going to learn a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
So I've talked with people with like four degrees, you know, three degrees, mm-hmm. you know, like two PhDs. Like mm-hmm. these people have studied a lot of stuff, but they don't know how to be in the world. You know, their knowledge yeah. just sort of like pulls them back, draws them and kind of what sort of bothers me a little bit about knowledge is that after a certain point, if you're like philosophy does this a lot. And this is why philosophy is kind of being made fun of in, in a lot of circles, because like if you have too much knowledge and too much like intellect, you just go into like eddies, you know, you're mm. just like, well, so this, that, and that means this. And then you mm. just kind of make this like circle that makes no sense at all. And you're like, you're developing paradoxes and you're just like, and they're just not really clear. You know what I mean? Like obviously there's paradoxes in real life, but that's only because of the limits of semantics, not because they're real paradoxes, you know? Mm. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, paradox is the idea that something, two things exist that shouldn't be able to coexist. Yeah, basically, I mean, I've always thought of a paradox where, like, if, okay, if A is A, then B shouldn't be A. But uh-huh. then B and A are, like, the same thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, you know, so, like, a paradox would... Oh, man, uh, this sucks. Because I know there's, like, a lot of examples of this, but... Oh, the of course classic I'm paradox? Right. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like, Zeno's paradox. I mean, actually, that's not really a good example. But, ba- well, whatever. I'll just go there. And so it's, like, you have a you have a segment, and then, like, you cut that in half, and then you cut that in half, and then you cut that in oh, half. Oh, right. And it's like, potentially, you could keep cutting it in half, you know? Right. But there's only so much space to cut it in half. Right. Actually, I'm not even sure that's a paradox. Yeah, that, that works. But <laughs> well, let's go back to the, what we were saying about people that are, like, wrapped up in philosophy and creating paradoxes. Totally. What did you mean by well, that? Well, okay, okay, here's a good paradox. So, um, you know, the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, Have you read that? Yeah, no. Well, it's basically this... this um, all these verses of poetry, and uh-huh. apparently they've been interpreted from the I Ching, and I don't know actually too much about their origins, but Lao Tzu was the um, poet, or mm-hmm. something he'll call him a prophet of the Tao Te Ching, which uh, for um, which sort of describes this human condition as it was, as it is, and how it's going to be. Mm. And they talk, or it, it talks about how um, things exist a lot in duality. Mm-hmm. So, um, here's one of my, here's basically, a, here's actually a really good example. And I really like it because it makes sense, but semantically it's a paradox. Mm. So in one verse it says, everything gets done by not doing. Mm. Or it says it a little differently, but basically that, you know, it's basically those words. And so it's like, well, you know, everything's getting done, but no one's doing it. That makes no sense at all. Right. That, no, no, that doesn't equal, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but no, when you think about it, it's like, well, in some ways, it's like, it's not exactly that you're doing something, but it's more of that, like, oh, man, how to explain You're it? just like expressing the, the, the energies that, the greater energies that exist, right? That you're just allowing them to come through you, manifest through you, maybe. Yeah, totally. It's like... So it's not you doing something, it's like you sort of just allowing what is to be. Yeah, that's a good way, that's a good way to talk about it, because I feel like if, well, I feel like even by describing it too much, it'll suddenly pr- create these, like, boundaries where it's like, well, that doesn't quite apply, but... <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're talking about with people that are... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so it's sort of like, you know, with, with these things of paradoxes, and the Tao Te Ching is actually really full of paradoxes, but the way it's presented, it makes it seem like 
the duality, the the two things are presenting, you know, A and B coexist, even though they're kind of apparently contradictory. Yeah. So it's kind of like a um, a balance, even. Yeah. Because because of that, like polarity. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. What do you say? Yeah. Check on recording. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? How's how how do you like the interview? Good. Is it good? You having fun? Um, you need to get some water or anything? No? You got water? Maybe some apple juice? <laughs> Who drinks apple juice? Really? I mean, really, does anybody buy apple juice and drink it? It's pretty quaint. It's pretty quaint. If you're doing it unironically, props to you. Props to you. Good for you. Drinking that apple juice. Gosh, well, I hope you're enjoying the show, and we're just going to get right back to it. No advertisement, um, except for uh, not smearing boogers on the wall. Okay? We've all done it. I've done it. You've done it. Your mom's done it. But let's let's not do that. Um if you're in my house or around me and you pick your nose and you have a booger, it's okay to ask me, Gabe, where should I put this booger? And I'll say, uh, in the compost, actually. That's great. Um, thank you for not smearing it on my wall. Okay, so let's all, let's all be open to the idea of people picking their noses because sometimes it's so fucking satisfying to just get that big old nug of a bug out of your nose am i right boy it feels good first thing i do when i wake up check for bugs check for bugs <laughs> got some bugs got some good bugs this morning i, I like them when they're kind of dry you know and you don't have to dig too far for them. Then you feel gross, and you're like, oh, sorry, nose. I should have just left that one in there. If you ever go deep. But let's try to be open to the fact that people do pick their noses, and let's let's encourage them to, you know, be open about it, and so you don't have the thing of where you're trying to hide it, and so you, that's when you smear it on the wall. <laughs> that's when it happens. Okay, back for the uh, last few minutes of the interview. Ciao. Paonia, Colorado, set in the Western Slope region. That's right. So along the Western Slope of the Rockies. <laughs> Is that what they're called? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> it's at 5,600 5, feet, mm-hmm. which is about a mile high, right? Yeah. Isn't a mile like... No, it's that? a pretty good length up here. Um, yeah, when I first got here, it took me a while to adjust. Like, to long, the altitude. Longer than I thought, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like to say that I'm still adjusting because that gives me an excuse for everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, adjusting to the altitude. Yeah, well, I mean, oxygen. So, you know, they give uh, people um, oxygen masks and stuff to, to, like, relax them and stuff, I believe. Uh-huh. So when there's less oxygen, your body has to work harder to do anything. Right. Actually, I don't know why I brought up that example because it doesn't really... Cause it's not about <laughs> relaxing. Well, anyways, but there is less oxygen regardless, and um, so less oxygen, what does that mean? How does your body compensate? Well, it has to make more blood cells, Mm. and that um, doesn't happen overnight, and I believe blood cells are made in the marrow of the bones. Mm. The old marrow. 
yeah, check me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that, yeah, and then to do that, you know, blah, 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 you need more uh, protein for a bit, and, you know, like I said the other day, when I first came here, I was eating a whole bunch. Yeah. Do you so, eat meat? Um. Sometimes. Well, <laughs> that's kind of a whole subject on its own. Yeah. Uh, if I, if it's like, well, I mean, we always have a choice if we want to eat or not, but there's a certain extent where people make food for me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here's some beef strong enough or whatever. Yeah, right. Like, Thank you for making this. And I don't say anything. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, you know, I'm grateful for the meal because I get fed. And, but, um, I don't buy meat yeah. and I actually don't even buy a uh, dairy. So I actually go, I try and lean as much toward vegan when yeah. it's my own like food and I just try and eat vegetables, cool. and, uh, vegetables, bread. And you've been feeling, food. feeling good. Real good. Nice. Yes. Real good. And nice. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, for sure though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's another thing, um, uh, about, you know, being up here. It's like when, when there's like, uh less oxygen to use because even if you have more blood cells there's still less oxygen you know mm-hmm. so i've noticed you know there's that slower pace of things going on we're talking about that a little bit i think that's very characteristic of paonia mm-hmm. it's a slower pace definitely and it's uh and it's by like relaxing into that but there's also another thing where it's like at least for me i guess i shouldn't say for everyone but at least for me i try and cut out the unnecessary things yeah where it's like i like i don't watch television or i don't even do any. I really try and turn my phone on, like, once every couple of days. Like, yeah. It'll be off for a few days at a nice. time. And I'm, I'm actually really grateful for that, because I, I purposely try to be like, well, if you're going to call me, it's my phone's most likely going to be off. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll see you around town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and all that stuff sort of goes into the fact of, uh, well, <laughs> kind of goes into that uh, doing by not doing, because it's like yeah. you're not putting all this like energy out there but you're having the energy collected so when you need to do something that energy is there for doing and it's never yeah and there's always something always something no matter what no matter if you don't have a cell phone or a computer the universe will find you with whatever you need to deal with it'll come into your life well, that's pretty cosmic, and it's (laughs) true but even on like a more local uh, sense uh Try and be still for as long as you can, and there's, I mean, in a really kind of fun way, you're not going to stop the rapids, you know what I mean? And sure, you can you can totally be a, a clear point with just things floating around, but there's, like, even even the sky has, like, clouds passing, through, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that kind of goes into that way of being where you just know how to deal with what arises. Yeah, because you're not caught up in something else that... Right. Takes you out of the Or like the sto- place. Well, here's another thing our, our brain really does. And so we have two selves, really. And, um, well, maybe that's a weird way of saying it, but we have the self that experiences the moment, then we have another self that remembers the moment. Uh-huh. And so we're always experiencing, you know, the moment. Even in dreams, we're experiencing the moment. And then we have this other character that is building stories from what we're experiencing and always building stuff. And there's people that believe actually there's only, you know, it's kind of an existential belief that only this is real and everything else is just a fabricated story. <laughs> only what is real? Um, what you're experiencing through the direct experience. Right. And everything that you've, like, remembered or all that is just a fabricated story of some sort, which is to some degree true, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> well, even with all that, it's like, you know, people tend to really get caught up with their stories and that's where there's this thing called ego where it really likes to be the center of the story you mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah it's like uh 
you know, just totally wants to be the main character yep. of all the stories. Yeah, I heard, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, heard about that. You go. Yeah, for sure. So, Paonia, does it... It's like, I don't even understand quite how this place is working, but it seems to be working. You know what I mean? I don't either. No, actually, it's like, a what very are people magical doing around sort of here? Like, like village, you know. What it I mean? is. It's old school, um, but it's it's new school and old school at the same time, it and is. it's like this. It's really interesting because you know how like old town or uh, well, you know, yeah, old town America, where it's like you walk down the street and everyone says hi, how yep. you doing, and they, you know, you got the five and dime, and you got the diner, yeah, and you got the bank, and a movie theater, and a movie That's theater, incredible, like a movie. Yeah. I lived in I lived in a pretty big town before this. Um, basically, in the combined town of uh, Venetia and Vallejo, that's about 150,000 people. There was one movie theater, or there's two movie theaters, but one didn't even like work, and the other one was just like. Regardless, it's amazing they have yeah. a movie theater yeah, here. Yeah, and and it still has the like coal mining takes place in Somerset, yeah. right? Which is pretty close. And mm. from what I yeah, well. Just go on that a little bit. Um, all the coal miners I met, pretty cool people. Um, but uh, uh, from what I understand, they closed one coal mine, and there's I think there's two in operation, mm-hmm. and one is not actually mining, but they're just there's like a huge stock of reserves of coal that they're just taking out of the mine, and they're gonna shut down the mine. Yeah. And the mining operation itself is actually shut down already. So, so it's, like, winding down. It is winding down. But you do, um, so as far as factions go, and as far as this place being really kind of eclectic, yeah. um, there's the miners, you know? Yeah. And they're very much, you know, working class people, but they're still open and accepting. And I've had, you know, great conversations with people I've just cool. met. And it's like, well, maybe not, like, great, great conversations, but, yeah. you know, decent conversations. Yeah. And then there's kind of, like, the, well... You can say hippie. Yeah, for lack of a better word, a hippie. Uh, hippie, to me, always means, like, dreadlock, t-shirt kind of person. But there's yeah. people here that are embracing these kind of, like, sustainable agriculture-type uh-huh. things where it's, like, they want to do things that can, like, support themselves, their family, mm-hmm. their community, mm-hmm. which I believe is a very honorable thing to do. And those people don't necessarily have dreadlocks, you know what right. I mean? And they don't necessarily wear tie-dye t-shirts. They right. have basically farmer attire with, like, overalls yes. and, like... You know, like calloused hands and like, and some of them have money that. from other places, yeah, and their fam or whatever. You know, like I think there's my sense is that this place started probably from like classic like mining and like ranching sort of economy, right, right, and then it has attracted like a bunch of more recently. It seems, I mean, I guess there's a, a long history of kind of alternative action in this area but probably but it seems like more recently there's like been more people kind of new agey attracted to this place well that's an interesting thing apparently there's been this whole um group of people for a really long time here Mm. so i'm not sure how they've mixed so well for such a long period of time but they sure have right yeah, and then, you know, you mentioned the ranchers and, like, the um, the, the farmers that are, like... The farmers really kind of cross over into that hippie group, and yeah. really all these groups kind of cross over to one another. Um, yeah. But there are people that are very typical of one category, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but then there's the farmers, of course, that are very much the hardcore, you know, typical farmers, which mm-hmm. are farming. But they're also doing organic practices, a lot of them, and mm-hmm. uh, organic practices, and some of them are doing, like... Um, 
sort of like permaculture type stuff mm-hmm. where they're trying to have like things be you know more sustainable that's mm-hmm. the key word here sustainable mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know and then you have the people i mean the other interesting about interesting thing about panya and i'm not sure if you know this but in terms of churches per capita this has i think it's like the number one highest there are a ton of churches there here. are a ton of churches <laughs> every street you know it's yeah. just like on the block there's a church yeah which is pretty cool but yeah um, so there's definitely not church going crowd as well uh-huh and it's interesting because i mean in some instances i've in other places, that is, I've seen like church crowds being kind of like butting heads. Yes, you know, and, you're you know, right. Obviously, that that's happens that. in other forms as well, but not here. Yeah, I everyone seen any like of that. you know, there's people that just I don't know. It's like there's definitely um, a very strong energy of like love in the area. Yes, there you know? is, and it seems like there's these people that have either just been you know fortunate enough to be here like their whole lives. Uh-huh. And here's the other thing: people that grow up here come back here uh, mm-hmm. willingly and mm-hmm. want to like live here in the town they grew up in mm-hmm. like that's not very common no especially with all. a small town yeah especially with a small town and they've yeah. been to like big cities etc cetera, etc cetera. and there's people from big cities moving here yes feeling fulfilled yeah. with what they were looking for and most of the people were like oh you know like i like the city i was living in but there was just something missing there yeah or whatever you know and yeah and then the people that find this place i feel like are just somewhat you know, tuned in to some sort of, like, transmission or something, you know, like, at least from my, from my experience, it seemed just the, the best luck possible. Yeah. And there's people that find this place, um, you know, like, just cruising by or visiting friends or, like, touring or, oh, travelers, that's the other group. Uh Uh-huh. There's a lot of transient people, like, travelers Uh that just are here for a couple weeks. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting for a small town as well. Yes, it is. There does seem to be a lot of stories of people here for sort of strange circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even my own, like I didn't, I hadn't, I'd never heard of the place. I was applying to a lot of artist residency programs and my friend, I don't know, had found about, about this one and emailed me. And, um, this is the only one I got one other one, but I didn't take it cause it was going to be really expensive. So I applied to probably a, maybe almost a dozen. Mm-hmm. This is the only one that I got. And actually, I didn't even apply for this one. Really? I had sent an email, like, asking for clarification about the application process. And then um, <laughs> didn't end up submitting the application at the deadline. And then received an email saying, we have some unexpected openings in these months. Are you interested? And I said, sure, I'm interested. And then I ended up with, with June. Wow. So, like, yeah. And, like, you, the only farm that accepted your application was yeah. in this area. So there does seem to be sort of a mysterious air about it. It's not like San Francisco that like everybody in the world knows about and has like a picture of in their mind. They're right. like, I want to go there. It's more like people kind of find themselves here for whatever reason and are like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like people that are out on the open ocean, uh, they set their compasses towards like, you know, I just want to be in a community of love and stuff. And then like these graceful winds just push them into this cove. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like for sure that. And, yeah. um, yeah, just kind of comparing it to other places. Cause it's kind of nice to have contrast sometimes. Uh-huh. Well, San Francisco, you know, I mean, I was there for about 10 years, not San Francisco itself, but in that area. Yeah. And the Bay area, I feel like is in its declining period. Talking about waves again, it's mm-hmm. in that, uh, you know, going downwards. Um, it's still great, and there's a lot of good stuff going on, but you can just kind of tell the energy, this, the spirit's just not there anymore. It's kind of, it's actually kind of like, 
destitute in a way, mm. kind of degenerate. And mm. it's cool. Like, if you want to visit it, go for it. And mm-hmm. there's definitely stuff to experience, but it's just not like the San Francisco of the 60s where people were just finding out about it. Mm. Especially, like, late 50s, early 60s. It was like this little heaven city, you know what I mean? Right. That apparently, I believe Portland's kind of there as well. And right. Portland was really cool. So I lived there for a couple of weeks as well. And cool. I love Portland, and there's definitely great energy there, but there's also it's definitely a city at the same time. Right. Where you just don't trust everyone and people aren't as open, but uh-huh. um, et cetera, et cetera. And then East Coast cities, I, you know what I mean? They're yeah. just, no. Not for you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens in Paonia when the coal mining stops. Yes, and yes. And hopefully if fracking doesn't come to take its place. No, but even that, we had an incredible campaign about that. Yeah, people were like, no, we're not going to have this frack. Yeah. Frack, no. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like, I, it almost, I have this sort of image of like this sort of old school economy that came to, was the genesis of the town that has then attracted like a bunch of other people that are here trying to do sort of alternative things and maybe like spending, using their savings to just like be here and try to make oh, something yeah. happen. So like what then when the, maybe the coal mining leaves, like can this sort of almost fantasy land sustain itself. You know what I mean? And I think it I think it can. I think so too. But I think it's pretty revolutionary. I think it's pretty unlike anything I've seen because yeah. it's not like I mean there is like that one magazine and the radio station, but it's not like there's a bunch of tech companies here no. with, you know, I subscribers mean, only, all around the world or whatever. Yeah. It's like it whatever is here is pretty much only here. Yeah, there's only two franchises and one of them is like it's like, um, you know how like franchises, they just use the name and they yeah. just import the products, but it's still basically family owned. Well, uh-huh. yeah, there's the Radio Shack and then there's the Subway, which Subway is like, you know, it's more ubiquitous than wild grass. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's just bound to happen. Um, yeah. No, you mentioned there's people with money here and there are some people with money here. Um, yeah. From what I've seen at least. And it seems like there's certain people that have passed through here at an, at a previous time that's uh-huh. passed and then... They somehow made their fortunes or whatever, and they came came back here to basically retire, but they're still very active. And there's there's actually quite a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a really interesting category to me, because they're just like, they're like these people that are just kind of open to stuff. Yeah. To happen, and they also have the the means to facilitate it happening. Yeah, and it's like, at this moment, we still need money to make things happen. But maybe, the longer we go, and the more like, um, sort of drudgery like coal mining goes away, we'll start to realize that we're not, we don't actually need money because everybody that you're exchanging with, you know, and you have something to offer them or whatever. Like, who knows? Like, maybe this is the kind of place where it'll just go to its own, it'll have its own little paonia currency or something. Yeah. And that's uh, really quite possible. Um, it seems like it is. Well, have you heard about the post notes? No. So the train post has a sort of exchange um, bond called a post note, and so you can um, so f- like there's farmers that can exchange produce for a post note and then use that post note back at the train post to buy all their products. Or cool, yeah. So cool. it's basically like I mean That's it's essentially it. an alternative currency that um, is also I mean there's there's actually a lot of alternative currencies popping up all over the country, but this one. Um, is the first one I've actually had experience with, and I'm really yeah. happy with it. Yeah. Like, I per- I get paid in post notes whenever oh, I cool. get paid for anything. And I, I ask for that. I'm just yeah. like, I'd rather get paid in post notes. Cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you know, speaking about money, like, yes, it's 
you know, it's like, I don't, I hate the words necessary evil. They just don't belong together. You yeah. know what I mean? They yeah. magnetically want to go away. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, blow apart. But, um, money is something that we all use. Yeah. Everyone, you know, everyone accepts cash, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, but that too will change eventually. And there's little things like, you know, like little barter things, or there's even like kind of a, you know, kind of like a gift exchange to yes. things that can go on or like anything really is like, <coughs> I think that's an alternative really helps kind of bring it down or even the mindset thinking like, I don't want money, mm-hmm. you know, will help it in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want a rich, abundant life, but I don't want money in particular. Totally. And those things don't correlate necessarily. Right. They're just very intertwined in this day and age. Yeah. We should probably. You gotta get to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I would uh, like to not get fired. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. That thank was a you. lot of fun. Um. Namaste. Yes. Namaste. <laughs> thank you for listening, folks. This song is by Jean Leloup. And it's called I Lost My Baby. And this is dedicated to my sister, Lucy Roberts, who is uh, leaving Sacramento and going to Montreal and starting the next phase of her adventure. Also, Eric Hamill for uh, introducing me and, and Lucy to this music. Which is good. He's good. John Loop's good. He's, he's a lot better at playing this song than moi. But I will try. I will intend, intend to play it. I lost my baby. I lost my darling. I lost my friends. I lost my mind. I lost my baby. I lost my darling I lost my friends I lost my mind Un fil de tawa Grandia cinq de fois Un peu plus militaire Et un bel fil qui fut sa main Qui quitte à te construire Entrez du casse des biens Et partez le samedi I lost my baby I lost my darling I lost my friends I lost my mind Coop feel the Jimmy Qui aujourd'hui tomba Pour une fille d'Ottawa La déjà ne sait pas Tiens père qui l'ont de l'air Il me je ne sais quoi Tout doux à mes le cinéma Nous sommes habitants de la terre Et de les mille de frontières Et qu'on existe dans l'univers Pour quelqu'un d'autre C'est la guerre I lost my baby I lost my darling I lost my friends 
I lost my mind. Und viel da Tower, Gandia sankt davor, Ich hier und Jour tomba, Und Jantu Populaire, Und Leia Nigeria, Sefuke Messi, Et qui le dude, Adieu, je repère, Parfait ma vie à Oxbury. A Oxbury, A Oxbury, A Oxbury. I lost my baby, I lost my darling, I lost my baby, I lost my darling, I lost my friends, I lost my darling. Enjoy my baby. Enjoy my baby